0: Welcome to the Back on Track Fitness Podcast, where we answer the tough questions on running, weightlifting, and general fitness. Hosted by Dr. Cameron Dennis and Dr. Eric May, physical therapists. Be sure to check us out at backontracktherapy.com for training programs and other resources. Now, let's get to the show.
1: My name is Megan Weezer. I I work for ReCharge, and if you haven't heard of ReCharge, it's uh, well, I guess technically the name is Recharge Hoco CrossFit right now. Um, <clears throat> and it's kind of like a, a hybrid model of fitness and physical therapy under one umbrella.
0: You're considered a physio coach.
1: Yes, that's uh, that's technically my title, I guess, a physio
0: right. coach. I think uh, it's too many times physios and PTs and, and doctors and, and we all want to stay on our, our perfect little lane, but
1: it mm-hmm. doesn't
0: work that way. It's messy
1: there shouldn't be silos or there shouldn't be partitions between fitness and wellness and injury prevention or which i hate that phrase injury prevention but um like physical therapy and treatment and all that stuff like they're they're all under one umbrella if you're an active person you're bound to get injured at some point
0: so <clears throat> right exactly and uh for those for those listeners who maybe haven't listened to the podcast before mm-hmm. um you know or, or maybe don't understand why you might be um, hesitant to say injury prevention. Can you kind of go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So um, there's no, I feel like there's no way you can a hundred percent prevent injury. I mean, you can protect against injury in building up resilience and, you know, your mind and your body and fitness level and stuff like that and managing like the acute to chronic workload. Um, I prefer to say like, Protection against injury or injury risk management, because the only way to fully abstain mm. from injury is to not do anything right sure, so, exactly like and oftentimes that ends up with worse outcomes anyway that, that does end up with worse health outcomes um, in the long run. so if you're an active person or even if you're starting to get to be into an active lifestyle, you're ba- something's going to pop up right at some point and you manage it and you move on and keep going.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's definitely better. As you said, it's definitely better than not exercising at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: there's still even just walking down the sidewalk, inherent risk of injury. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. Even an
1: active, per- like I, I'm rehabbing myself right now. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I saw on Facebook you were, you had that, but you were still doing like pistol squats.
1: Sure
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> was like, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that's that's up for debate. Um, I even saw. Uh, do you, are you familiar with Chris Johnson?
1: Yes, he's that's actually I mean. coming to Recharge in like a month. To be I ready. knew
0: that actually. I was,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's
0: really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, uh, and I, I think I've probably talked about him almost every episode of this. Mm-hmm. Just because I, he's such a great mentor, and he just honestly is so helpful. Yeah,
2: he's really he said sad. something on
0: Facebook uh, recently. And he said uh, the only way to one hundred percent guarantee no running injuries is it's to not, it's not run at all or something like that. All. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that or I heard something about that. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, and, and
1: I fully there, agree with that.
0: <laughs> there was actually people on there, you know, kind of debating that, like arguing with him about it. He's like, you know saying that there's ways that you can and and I'm just like no you can't like
1: yeah yeah
0: you can probably reduce your likelihood of having overuse injuries you know you can't completely eliminate uh traumatic injuries either
2: you know or
0: just waking up one morning after having done too much and you know for some reason your body just perpetuates that pain signal and you just continue to have pain for just maybe after one workout I mean so there are things that you can do to sort of build a protection, as you said.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, right. But I think that's something that um, a lot of CrossFit uh, coaches are, are definitely interested in. Injury prevention Injury prevention, and how can I best teach my, my, my members and teach these athletes, mm-hmm. the athletes properly so that we're reducing the likelihood of these injuries. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: what, what do you do you know, I guess, how does that, how does that play into your role as a, as a, um, because you, you're, a, are you a, a CrossFit certified? Uh, yeah,
1: I have my CrossFit level one and I, I coach the classes at recharge and I do PT there too. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you? No, you're fine. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you with that. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I think, at recharge anyway um like we've tried to create a level or a culture where not everything like so I think people identify with injury as different things so like if I squat and I tweak my knee a little bit some people would consider that an injury I would just like be like oh that that felt funky and move on You know what I mean? Like I think different people define injury differently. And I've said this phrase like a hundred times the past like three weeks, but um, (laughs) to approach injury with a sense of curiosity and not fear necessarily. So if something does pop up, kind of see what you can do, see what you can't do. Like there's, there's difference between hurt, hurting and an injury. And I Mm -hmm. think that that needs to be defined. and I don't know that it is at other CrossFit gyms. I've, I've never – I can't necessarily speak to that. But um, in terms of, quote, unquote, preventing injury or mitigating injury risk, I guess, <clears throat> we have – each of our members go through an onboarding process. And I think most gyms do have some level of, like, introduction to movement or movement literacy to an extent um, before they join in on the classes and membership.
0: You might be surprised.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
2: oh, that makes me a little sad.
0: Um, <laughs> at, least, at least in this area. I'm sure there are gyms that are doing it, but okay. um, I can tell you of at least two or three gyms that I've been to that haven't, they don't mm. do that at all, so.
1: Woof. Ugh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah well we do an onboarding process and i'm sure it's different from gym to gym whether yeah. it exists or not um what does
0: that look like for you guys
1: so we run through um <clears throat> different movement patterns we do three one-on-ones with the person sometimes it's condensed to two depending on how much experience they have moving um and with crossfit in general or in the link language and all that um so we make sure that they feel comfortable with basic movements. So we go through the squat, we go through the deadlift, we go through overhead pressing. Um, we do go through the power clean a little bit, but that, that's an Olympic lift. So it takes a lot more instruction than just one day, but we do introduce it. Um, so we check out mobility, we check out, we make sure that they feel 100% comfortable in those movements and comfortable meaning – Confident and able to set up the environment that allows them to move successfully. And so, like, for example, a few days ago, I had a new couple that I was onboarding. <clears throat> and the 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 husband's squat, he could squat, ask grass, no issue. It was great. It was fine. And he felt good with it. He didn't feel any sticking points like in his hips, knees or ankles or anything, but the wife, she, she could only go so far. So, um, we set up the environment for her to be successful with the movement and make sure that like the integrity of the squat was still maintained and she wasn't like breaking in half at the hips. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had her set up the target, put heel plates underneath of her heels and she felt smooth and good with it. So when it comes like. If you feel good, that's going to affect how you're moving. So how you feel is going to affect how you move. And I think vice versa too. How you move is going to affect how you feel too. So um, we just try to make it an understanding. So so for her, I was like, whenever we program squats, this is how you're going to set this up. Give yourself permission to grab a bench or grab a target. And then over time, we'll just kind of peel those layers and check in and see if you can go a little bit further into a squat. But – We set it up like instead of having people forced through ranges of motion that they don't have or uncomfortable ranges of motion that they do have. We set it up so that you feel good in the movement because Mm -hmm. the goal isn't to crush yourself really.
0: So I don't know
1: if that answers your question or not. (laughs)
0: Yeah, It does. Um, I would like to add on top of that or maybe not add but ask you more in depth about this. So like. Do you do any type of like orthopedic assessment on these people, or is it mostly just like go through the functional movement patterns and then see, you know, what maybe areas they need to improve on, or if they don't, you know, see how they're moving and any, I mean, any Um, thoughts on that?
1: I think so. For the onboarding process, we usually just kind of try to think of it with like our fitness/slash/coach hat on, unless Mm -hmm. there's. Um, current injury or pain and even then pain usually can we mitigate just by making modifications to the environment, setting that up. Um, The only thing off the top of my head that I look at um, from with a PT hat on with during the onboarding process is like shoulder mobility Mm -hmm. because shoulder mobility and thoracic spine extension and rotation mobility. So if they don't have the shoulder mobility, then I'm not going to have them pressing overhead Um, probably do a landmine press at that point, but if they don't quite have the shoulder mobility, then I'll break out into thoracic stuff. But I usually just touch the surface of that because it turns into a PT eval and that's something completely separate.
0: So, yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess, do you feel that, um, do you feel that CrossFit coaches, just the CrossFit um, certification prepares you for um, taking people through these exercises and knowing how to sort of um, create modifications if people are having difficulties with these movements? Um, or is that maybe just another, you know, maybe that's not necessarily their focus?
1: I'm trying to think back to them at CrossFit level one, and I remember leaving there feeling pleasantly surprised because I went in there thinking, Good. With my little PT head on thinking, you're not going to know anything. <laughs> 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 you knew a lot. And I was very, I walked out of there like, okay, that was really well presented. Um and I, I think they give you the tools to modify. And they do tell you, like in the CrossFit, at least in the CrossFit level one, like not every athlete is going to look the same. And right. you're going to have to make adjustments. Mm- do those adjustments happen when it comes to implementing all that? I'm not sure all the time. <clears throat> um, but I think base, it like it's basic, those basic adjustments that I would make, putting a target and putting heel plates on so that their mm-hmm. ankles have more dorsiflexion range of motion. I I would like to think that most coaches would be able to do that,
2: Great.
1: um, <clears throat> which is hopeful.
2: <laughs> um, right. Right. That is good.
1: Yeah we've had a few members who join our gym after being at other gyms who um, were just like, it, it hurts in my hip when I squat and I, I can't, it just feels pinchy. And I think, I think Ryan literally was just like, well, turn your feet out a little bit more. Try that. And they squatted like that. And it was like, done. Okay. <laughs> 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 They're like, I don't have to squat with my feet facing forward. <laughs> like I like, right. Um, I have my hip, my hips are built differently. And he was just like, yeah, squat the way that makes it comfortable. And they were just like, Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: like right, right.
1: like, it's like you run into these really smart coaches and who know what they're doing. And then you hear stories like that. And it's like something so simple, like just turn your feet out a little bit more when you squat or take a wider stance. Right. It's just like, what the heck?
0: <laughs> and you might even have CrossFit coaches that know that and PTs who don't, you know, it, true, that's know,
1: that's it, also very true, yeah.
0: And yeah. and so I think it's interesting, it's all about experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I actually, you know, even though I had been one to exercise my whole life, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't have known that from my P T training. I learned that from no. um well, I, I think he's a PT, but Quinn Hennick. I'm not sure if you know Quinn Hennick of no, Clinical Athlete, but
2: Okay. Um, oh,
0: okay. Very smart guy. But yeah. they they're just talking about the different the different modifications that you can make because everybody's hips are built differently. So right. if you get that pinching in there, just try to, you know, turn your, turn your legs out a little bit, turn your feet out a little bit. And sometimes that can make all the difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, even between like super high level athletes, you might notice that there's significant differences in the way that right. they move, Yeah, but it works for them. So is it wrong? No,
1: no. Yeah. <laughs> Still a, s- a squat. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, or whatever movement pattern it is. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So that's a just,
1: really good point. Cause there are certain like coaches and strength and conditioning people that I would trust or go to with questions regarding fitness and coaching modifications before certain PTs, right. which is also another shame, but.
0: Right. Right. That's a whole other podcast.
1: That's a whole other conversation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I, I am hopeful that it's moving in the right direction though. In terms oh, of-
1: I definitely, I think it is. Yeah. It's better uh, than it was before.
0: Right. So I had a couple questions I wanted to ask you, um, mm-hmm. particularly, and I think we, we had spoken a little bit about this, but, um, I think CrossFit sort of, at least from those outside of CrossFit, they might have this perception of like CrossFit athletes always being injured or always getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether or not that's true, based on the studies, I, I've actually I've seen a study that said that that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, I wanted to get your take on that.
1: Um. So, I, I mean, the most I most of the studies I've read, I can't quote them off the top of my head, but I want to say, like they compare it a lot to. Um, to like running or like Zumba and then they compare it to things that don't even really match up like football and rugby and stuff like that. Like those are two completely different competition styles Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: there's contact involved in that. But (laughs) I mean, I think they're just trying to make a point. Um, But um, so I think the most recent, one of the most recent studies is like two to three injuries per a thousand hours of training or something like that. And then they make the comparison to like running and triathlons where it could be anywhere from like, I want to say like two to 15 or 12 or was the number I think I, I remember reading. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent positive on that, <clears throat> but per a hundred per a thousand um, training hours. Right. So, right. yeah. Um, and I think it just comes down to like, programming and knowing um which what athletes are capable of what like when even when we have new members come in like I'll cut their volume in half because I'm just like you guys do half of this because this is your first workout in seven years and you're not going to jump in to do this much volume and we don't we tend to program for like the average person anyway but but still you have to think about like the personal factors that go into that like the Coming back to like the acute to chronic workload ratio. So like if this is their first thing they've done in years or a certain period of time, then doing this much volume and or this much weight or this much repetition or frequency or whatever, if it's a big spike, then obviously you're like more likely for injury. Um, but I think it comes back to programming well and – not repeating it. Like if, if you take a look at your a snapshot of your programming for a week and you have squatting in there four out of five days of the week, I mean, even I probably would have some hip and knee crankiness after that. <clears throat> and I'd like to think I'm pretty in shape, but <laughs> <It's> debatable.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think a lot of it does come down to training volume and then rep, you know, repetition. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: because I have often heard it compared to running and yeah, running is just a tricky one, I think, because it's it's sort of sh- through a reduced range of motion. Like it's not a huge range range of motion, like running right, yeah. through the legs. Um, however, it is very repetitive, right? And, that's true. It, yeah, and that's where a lot of the injuries occur. I wonder mm-hmm. if, um, I wonder where you know where those injuries are occurring in CrossFit. You know, it, are they more? sort of traumatic injuries or are they overuse injuries? Um,
1: hmm, do you have any uh, idea? That's a good question. I'm not sure off the top of my head. My first guess would probably be overuse. Mm-hmm. But I also think like the public gets like, like you see, you think of CrossFit and you immediately think of like the elite athletes in the games. They're doing all this high volume stuff and they're, because they're training for all that. And then you see, videos pop up like on my on facebook or whatever of the 72 year old doing her first pull-up like i feel like (laughs) there's a little bit of a mismatch sometimes yeah Um, and neither one is is bad or anything i think there's just it's so broad of a spectrum that people tend to uh i guess resonate with or lean more toward one as their vision of what crossfit is and i mean or anything really like you could say the same thing for Orange Theory or any high intensity functional training method. Crossword just happens to have the biggest brand name since what, 2006, whenever they started? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, you'd mentioned that what, like, some, some older, some elderly person doing <laughs> little, every time, Every time I put two plates, every time I do 225 on a deadlift, I think of this video I saw of this 90 year old woman doing like 10. She did like 10 reps, 10 deadlift um, repetitions at 225. I'll have to find that video, but every oh my time she on each side, I'm just like, oh man, this should be no issue here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good for that person. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have not seen that one. Super
0: impressive. I, I couldn't believe it. With-
1: That's so cool. The most uh, recent one I saw floating around was somebody doing a pull-up or like three pull-ups in a row. And I was like... So, yeah. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> right. Well, actually, and I saw that video before I had done a lot of deadlifting,
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: I saw that she could do it, and I'm like, "Well, I can do it."
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I can do this. This is so,
0: <laughs> I think there's like two reactions you can have to that. Either you're like, "I'm not even going to try it,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, or you're like, "I can easily do that." Or
1: yeah, yeah, better, right? yeah, it goes one of two ways. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like, like, like yeah, no techno, some- techno or I can do that.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but what, what uh, on to the next sort of thing here, what, what are the most common mistakes that you see? You kind of talked about training volume um, and then getting into it too quickly. Um, maybe not having mastered the movements before adding weight. So what, um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Is anything that people can maybe keep an eye on if they're out there doing CrossFit? Um, what mistakes can they Uh, um mistakes
1: can they avoid um so i guess we've seen so not a lot of gyms incorporate like landmine stuff and landmine presses for it because i think shoulder is one of the most common crossfit injuries just because not everybody has that mobility over there and then we're Mm -hmm. adding a bunch of weight on top of it um, and sometimes adding weight can make the movement pattern better, but I don't necessarily think that goes for overhead stuff. Um, but like, instead of forcing through that range of motion, substitute that for like a landmine press. Um, cause then it's a sneaky way to kind of get overhead, but you're not kind of pushing against gravity or twisting your, your spine into weird motions, turning yourself into a pretzel just to get the weight over your head sure um that makes sense yeah um other mistakes off the top of my head just setting up the environment to make the movement feel good so if that means like for example like deadlifting, like you said if that feels doesn't feel right to you or doesn't feel strong or confident to you then set up the environment so that it does, whether that be instead of doing a kettle or instead of doing a barbell, use a kettlebell or raise the ground to you. Um, I, I think like it's such a simple solution and I hear stories of people just with their coaches or with anybody just telling them just get deeper or just push through it, just push through it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Pushing through it isn't necessarily ever going to change the, the joint or the joint mobility or your tissue mobility. If you're just slamming into it, find a way that your body feels good and confident in the range of motion and it'll let itself work itself out over time.
0: I like Um, that. Yeah. yeah. Work with your body not, not against your body. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: That's the perfect way to put it. Work with it, like do what it can do and then kind of test the waters a little bit. Like um, we have a few people who we just started like, pulling the plates out from under them after for their squats. I'm like, you don't need this anymore. Come on, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> That's great. But some people really do need it. Um sure. off the top of my head, those are those are the things like something as simple as just setting up the environment for it to work for you as opposed to you just trying to muscle through things. <laughs> okay.
0: Um so what would you suggest if if somebody was in a gym? So say somebody's in a CrossFit box um and they start to have an issue. Say they're starting to have pain with a certain movement. What's mm-hmm. the first what's the first thing they should do?
1: Um, the first thing, um, well, have their coach watch the movement. because um, more often often more often than not, woo, more often than not, it's it's something you can mechanically change or change positioning, like get your rib cage down if it's an overhead thing, build up tension elsewhere. Um <clears throat> Uh, if that doesn't work, like if your coach isn't able to, um, adjust the movement cues for it to work for you, or if they just don't work and it's just not helping, then I'd say test out your test out the joint involved, like see what it can do, what bugs it, what doesn't bug it. And then see if you can see, like, take note of it, like, okay, this motion bugs it. And just put that, file that under something in, interesting. Things like it doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> if I flex my shoulder that that is okay. I shouldn't flex my shoulder. Like just take it for what it is. It's a data point. <clears throat> um, see what you can do and see what relieves it. Um, any kind of soft tissue stuff. Like even if it, like if it's an injury, then that might be something different. But if it's like a tweak or you feel something goofy during a movement, those would be the first things I'd tell you. So have your coach look at we look at you see if they can cue you into a better movement pattern so it's more comfortable. And if that doesn't work, test out the the motions of the joint involved, um, see what hurts, see what doesn't, kind of work through it. And then um, if all else fails, I mean, obviously, if that doesn't help or if it doesn't kind of work itself out within a couple days or so, see somebody for it. Um, but then in the meantime, just kind of modify the movement in classes so that you're still it still maintains the inherent goal of the movement or the workout but do it so that it doesn't bug the irritated spot right so, like if back bothers you with the kettlebell swing then do do a different hinge like do a kettlebell deadlift or something instead <coughs> maintain or even, the even the try criteria. to reduce the right the, reduce the load anything yeah
0: right mm-hmm Great. Um, So what recommendations do you have for people to, A, increase their enjoyment with the sport? Because I think that's one of the big reasons that people do it, right? It's because it's fun. It's challenging and it's fun. So what what can people do to increase their enjoyment with CrossFit in your experience?
1: Uh, Find a good gym with a good community. I think that is like huge. Like being able to, I mean, yes, the workouts are fun and everything, but the community aspect is why I think CrossFit has been so successful because you have this sense of camaraderie with a grueling workout or with an easy workout and you get to, you know, shoot the shit with everybody. Um, The community aspect would be like, if you don't like the people you're working out with, then you're not going to look forward to going to the gym. But if you look forward to like your going to work in the morning and you can okay at least I have the four o'clock class later on that I I can get to see all my friends that for one hour at least of my day um, right. I think that's huge in the enjoyment portion of it and, and just listening to your body like <clears throat> there's no reason to crush yourself um like there's no reason for you to go to lose sleep just to make it to a workout in the morning. I'd rather you get all your sleep than <laughs> go to sleep at 1 a.m. then wake up at four for the 515 workout class. Like <laughs> right, get right, your sleep, right. take care of yourself and your body will thank you. And I think you'll <laughs> feel better when you do actually participate in the workouts.
0: <clears throat> Perfect. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um okay, so I think we've covered pretty much everything. Do you have any final thoughts or any any last um, sort of tidbits of knowledge that you'd like to impart on us?
1: <laughs> anything um, cool
0: you learned this week? Or, anything
1: cool I learned this week? Anything <laughs> that so, you learned from Ryan Smith? Today, what's that?
0: <laughs> anything cool from Ryan Smith?
1: <laughs> Ryan Smith is, is very cool. He's awesome. They're all awesome there. Um, today we were talking about It was an interesting discussion. So we had two students with us right now and we were talking about, um, what is load? Like what, um, what is our definition of load? Like when we say load management, does that mean like allostatic load, like psychosocial things, like stress at work, not sleeping, nutrition, all that stuff. Or when we're talking about load management, are we talking about just like physics? Like, this is what's happening at L4 and L5 when you do a hundred pound deadlift or something like that. So it got into, it It was a cool discussion, but it just, it makes you think about things like, like if your allostatic load outside of physical stuff is so insane, is that going to translate to your load tolerance physically in a workout? So that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and, and the way that I've always been taught it and the way that I've always taught others is stress equals stress. So right. Emotional stress, physical stress equals stress, right?
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know,
0: so yeah, potentially, um, yeah, I would see I would say that your your emotional state and it sounds like you were kind of headed this way too, your emotional state can absolutely um, impair your body's ability to sustain loads.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if even if it just comes down to like your your like motivation that day, right? You know what I mean, like if we're not even talking yep. just like the physiology, if if we're not even talking just like the body's like biology being able mm-hmm. to sustain a load. But would you be willing to lift as much weight if you weren't feeling you know quite confident that day or something like Probably that?
2: Probably not. Yeah, you know, and yeah. maybe you're
0: not going to get that that um, training load that you needed, you know, to, yeah. to, to adapt to cause growth, you know. So yeah. that's that's there's a lot of elements to that. Man, you got me thinking now.
1: Isn't that crazy <laughs> to think about? So we talked to Gene had called up um, <clears throat> a friend, and we were talking with them for a little bit, and they mentioned that there there's some study out there where they. Um, and I, I came in in the middle of the conversation cause I had just finished treating a patient, but I caught bits and pieces of it. But, um, there's some study out there and they did some Myers Briggs, um, the Myers Briggs scale or whatever it is to see if this person is confident and they're very robust sure. and people who are timid. So they classified like confident people and timid people. And they found that I think under the same like physiological load, like EMG output and all that, like the timid people sustained the load. Like they didn't tolerate the load as much, but it was the same exact like physical load. But the confident people felt like it was nothing. Like there wasn't as much EMG output. I think EMG was was the the modality they used there. But isn't that crazy?
0: (laughs) That's definitely interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll have to see if I can get a hold of Jean's friend and get the, get the study but
0: for sure yeah i think the body's amazing
1: <laughs> it's so cool yeah yeah so i guess all that to say like <laughs> if your cup is so full of stress outside of of your your workout life adding stress in the form of exercise onto an already stressed system is not always what your body needs
0: <laughs> Exactly, so so all that to say that <laughs> so sometimes if we even point draw this out a little bit further sometimes it's okay to reduce your training volume reduce your you know how much oh, yeah. many reps how many sets how, how much weight you're doing yeah
2: um,
0: if you had a particularly stressful day
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, so yeah that's actually something that we talked about um in one of my other running groups uh maybe a couple weeks ago actually
2: mm-hmm. uh have
0: you heard of uh chris johnson's book uh, chris johnson nathan carlson and uh Joel, I can't remember his i can never remember his last name (laughs) those guys they put together a book called running on resistance okay and in there they talk about this exact topic and they talk about
1: Hmm.
0: uh, they actually have a scale that they they had um borrowed with permission from someone i can't remember who it is but i'll have to post it um Mm -hmm. but essentially it was like how stressed are you this day zero to ten Mm-hmm. So what is your training load? You know, what is your approximate training load? Is it easy, medium, or hard day?
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, so based on you know your between zero and ten stress, you need to then either go up or down a level or stay the same, right? Yeah. Like based yeah. on And they had like lines, and it was really that's
1: really cool. cool.
0: Yeah, that's,
1: awesome. <laughs> but that's so just, awesome.
0: It, it's just the same sort of thought process, but this is just his. um this is their book about uh, resistance training for runners. So it was just mm. it, an amazing resource. Um, I, I suggest you check it out.
1: Yeah, I will.
0: Um, if you're amazing. going to his class, you might get that, actually.
1: That Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's coming in, like, literally a month <laughs> St. Patrick's Day weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. I saw that. Yeah. Um, super jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he should come out.
0: Oh, uh, I'd love to. <laughs> um I appreciate you coming on Uh, yeah
1: thanks for having me this was really good
0: yeah do you have like a like social media like I know you're on Facebook but do you have like (laughs) a a, like a business page or like a website or like do you have any
1: uh, I don't have a website I have an Instagram handle that's it um I have a um like a, a business page on Facebook that's my name but I haven't posted to that in a while
0: uh, <laughs> well how can people find you if they want to reach out? You know, if they have people
1: questions. can find me on Facebook, uh Megan Weezer and Instagram. My handle is at dr dot physio Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> My last name's Weezer and everybody calls me Weeze.
0: So. I like it. No, I'm not I'm not I disrespect. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll post that. Okay in the show
1: notes. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Back on Track Fitness Podcast. We hope you found it helpful. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And check out running and weightlifting programs for athletes of all experience levels at backontracktherapy.com. Links are in the show notes. See you next time.